With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I'd heard earlier this morning that the uh, Twins were uh, determined uh, to trade Dozier today, and they uh, succeeded in doing that. Uh, the uh, market was certainly drying up as the uh, now the Brewers uh, decided to go get a second baseman, but John, Jonathan Shoup instead of uh, instead of uh, Bo- Dozier here, and they had. They had gotten their third baseman. They had moved uh, Travis Shaw to second base, and then that's that's over because Shoop's coming in. I, uh, poor Travis Shaw having a pretty good year there. He's available, but uh, Milwaukee obviously uh, coveted him more than they did Dozier. I don't know. He might have a little control left. I'm yeah, sure. uh, Shoop has one more year of team yeah, control and, after and this year. That's a big thing. I did read a, a few of the national guys saying that uh, teams have been really reluctant to trade for the rental, the, the pure rentals, mm-hmm. and that's, of course, how Dozier was perceived. So the Twins end up taking Logan Forsyth, who, uh, by uh, happenstance, is the guy that uh, the Dodgers chose to trade for to play second base in the uh, offseason of 2016-2017 because they didn't want to pay the Twins price for Brian Dozier. Mm-hmm. So they took foresight there. He didn't, he'd didn't. had two fairly good years in Tampa Bay. He didn't do much for the Dodgers last terrible year. Terrible with the Dodgers. He got, and then this year he was doing nothing there. But the Twins... I'm sure they would have preferred to make the deal without taking Forsyth, but the Dodgers weren't going to take on Dozier's money because they didn't want to go over the the uh, cap on the luxury know, tax. Luxury too. tax. So uh, they the Twins end up getting him, and the Twins do need somebody to play second base for the rest of the season. Is Forsyth is he? He's a, a second baseman. No, I mean, is he? He's is his contract? Of, oh, yeah, basically, it's the same deal as Dozier. Agent, yeah, yeah. Nine million free agent. Uh, the the difference being. I think if you want to bring him back, you'll have a lot less. You can, it'll, the <laughs> won't cost you be, as much. Won't cost you as much. But they, Nick, if Nick Gordon was hitting three hundred at at uh, Rochester, and you, you wanted to get him up there and take a look at him, he looked really good this spring. But he's not hitting down there, and uh, they're not going to rush him up here to uh, not succeed at second base. So. Uh, Forsyth will come in here tomorrow and end up being your second baseman probably for the rest of the season. And uh, they got a pitcher named Smelter, a left-hander, and a hitter, uh, Luke Rayleigh. I looked it up, a left-handed hitting first baseman, uh, 22 or 23 years old. He's their 19th rated prospect. Does it seem to me that they are stockpiling a lot of those combo first base outfielder types? And, I mean, maybe that's well, just they, what's they, being they, offered. They've added a lot of... Uh, 
They've added pitchers and outfielders. Yeah. Have they, yeah. have they added any infielders outside of Forsyth? Well, they got the one kid, uh, Costello, the kid they got oh, in the yeah. Duke trade. But, but he's a corner. Corner guy. And then they got Austin from the Yankees, who probably might end up being on the big league roster here shortly. But, yeah, a lot of these guys, that they've, they're they getting the really young A-ball pitcher. Well, in this case, this guy's a double-A pitcher from the Dodgers. But Austin, all these other guys, they're outfielders. They're just, they've got a surplus of outfielders. Does they, that just uh, speak to the they, they, lack they of depth? They have they talked had? about their depth in the middle of the infield, but it's not depth that's ready. So, uh, yeah. you know, you got Polanco and you got Adrianza. Now that's all you got, really, in the, in the, on the big league level. I do uh, think that, uh, you know, I mean, Dozier had a hell of a run here. He was, he turned out to be a really good player. They tried him at shortstop that first year he came up. He couldn't play shortstop. He went back down, and they were so unhappy with the way he played at Rochester, they didn't bring him back in September. Mm-hmm. But then the next the next year, 2014, they went to spring training having no idea who their second baseman was going to be. Uh, I think uh, it was I don't think Casilla was still around. Was Casilla no Casilla was gone by then. I, I, oh, uh, Jamie Carroll, right? Isn't well, he, he was their shortstop around. though, but he was still around. He, they he was. Carroll yeah. was still around. Yeah. They yeah. thought Casilla he might be the just second. left. I think so. Dozier had to go to spring training and and play well uh, to to impress them, and he did. He was really impressive that spring. I think the uh, they actually succeeded in sending him the message by not calling him back in September. He and Terry Ryan had a come to Jesus meeting and uh, he went home and uh, worked at it hard and came back and turned out to be a damn good player here for four and a half years. Uh, very streaky. A lot of, I, I've been following the game long enough to know about streaky. Mm-hmm. hitters. a lot of people have a hard time handling the idea that big league hitters can be that streaky, but uh, that that's it's been that way for a hundred years. Why can't they do that every night? That's <clears throat> yeah, just not a, how the game works. There's a guy around here that says that once in a while about various. <laughs> he's, he's, he particularly says it about basketball. Yes, he but, does. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, let me ask you a question. Good for Dozier. He he was obviously disgruntled with the way th- that they had given that the way they had bailed you know bailed on this team this year. But there was never. There was never a good reason to. There hasn't been a feeling all year that this team was ready to really play well. Did you? Did you, I mean it? Just they just without Snow and Buxton around. Yeah, it was yeah. just not. Now Snow got hurt last year, and Eddie came in and played great. But there you know, was a Buxton, brief part. At, you know, you know what it was time a year ago. Buxton was playing well. Right was before they went to Tampa and got swept. You kind of thought, all right, maybe that this was is really early, though. Well, but what I'm saying though is, you thought, all right, is this where they're going to kind of get yeah. get going well, here we a little thought bit? They were good for three weeks, and then, sure. And then they but had it, that. but it really kind of started just sort of the the signs that this was not going to be a, a a great year. Really started with with the Irv news when yes, when Irv did. had to get the surgery and, and, and he's going to be out for a while, and, and then Polanco got suspended, and, and then that just sort of started everything, really. And you know, we had a. Everybody, all these veterans you brought, they brought in that you felt pretty good about. Turned out, you know, Morrison hasn't hit. I was all Lynn, in on the Lance Lynn, Lynn signing. Lynn couldn't pitch. Lynn, Lynn drove terrible. you nuts as a pitcher. Oda Rizzi's been as mediocre as you can get. By the way. Uh, you know, Addison Reed, who I understand uh, threw, uh, threw quite the fit in the clubhouse yesterday when the uh, media went in there to uh, talk to uh, Zach Duke after the trade. 
And Zook, Duke didn't give a damn. But uh, Why did S3 get mad? I have no idea. You know, trade and blah blah blah. I guess he made a jackass out of himself. Okay. So. Well, well that's when you pitch, when you pitch as well as he has, you well, right. Uh, considering yeah, right. you're still on the disabled list, technically. Uh, yeah, they took him off. Or that's he's, right. He's they back. did just take he's, him off. You're right. Off. But you know who's back? The affable Trevor May. Yeah, that's Good. right. He got called up to replace. How many him. innings did he throw down? Down I there. I know he hasn't pitched a lot, but you know they look around and say, "What the hell? We might as well take a look at him." Right. Right. By the way, Lance Lynn, have fun pitching in that ballpark. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, they yeah. were showing highlights, you know, right, because this trade happened right before the game Those started last games night. Those going to be six And they were long. showing highlights of Tyler Austin against the Twins, who they acquired for Lance Lynn. Both his home runs off, off Lance, Lance Lynn. Lynn. <laughs> well, they, uh, the, the, I don't know if they're going to use him as a starter or not, uh, but they are a little short. Boy. They've had, they're, they're a little short of starters. So watch they, your mother and just throw things. darts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that strike zone, man. He's, he cannot throw, he cannot throw strikes, but, uh, he was a, he was an interesting cat. I saw, what was it? Five and a half. I was just looking up his stats after he got traded last night. It was like five and a half walks per nine innings yeah. or something Oof. like that. This year. And, Just you know, awful. And last year he came back from Tommy John and started walking people. He never walked people until yeah. the last two years. So uh, he's uh, he's an interesting guy. He's, was this uh, one of the most active deadline days oh, you've seen in years? I was saying it's like the NHL. This was just, crazy. And you know, on NHL trade deadline day, they make like. 30 trades, and that's this was like that. Just, and even the week leading up to the deadline, yes. too, there was a bunch of moves. We'll talk to uh, Thad Levine about all of this about 440. I've had the feeling all along, Manny, if there was one of these guys that weren't going to pay, it was going to be Anthony Barr to, uh, because of the demands he might be making and the yeah. idea that they... Uh, they want to see him be great again, although he was pretty dang good last year. Mm-hmm. Now they're starting to use him as a pass rusher. They're starting to move him around, and his value, I, I get the impression they might let him reestablish his value to them during the season. Yeah. Uh, today they signed Stefan Diggs. They got him at a pretty dang good price, I think, considering some of the other uh, 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 wide receiver contracts that have uh, been, been signed here. Yeah. He's getting he's getting about seventy two uh, for five years with a chance to make a little bit more than that. I Could guess. be up to eighty one, right? Is but that the, that's the deal? They never get there, so. right? Uh, it's but the forty million, 40, the forty million yeah. guaranteed is what uh, you know. The, everybody's now looking for that big number. Forty's pretty good, but it's there's been other receivers of the same category as him that have gotten a little more guaranteed too. But he obviously wants to stay here, and it looks good for him. And they, uh, you know, it's uh, it it's it's a comfortable place for him, and he knows they value him. Uh, pretty good success for a fifth round draft choice, and a, a great receiver. As long as he stays healthy, he'll catch a hundred, won't he? And that is the going to be the big question mm-hmm. for him now. Is that as good as he is, he does get nicked up a little bit, and he's never played sixteen games in a season yet, right. and. Um, I love him. I think he's terrific, but he's got to stay healthy. And Somebody else made this thing. point today. Are they going to uh, have any? They're going to feel any obligation to, in a year or so, if Thielen keeps doing what he's doing to freshen up his deal. They got him through 2020. I think. Yeah, they're having both. But, it. Yeah. Uh, but are you going to make? Are you going to have him play dirt cheap compared to the, the other guys or not? You know, that, but it's the NFL. There's a lot that can change between now and twenty. No, I'm I'm saying that 
will they rip it up and give him a give him a five after year this deal? coming season? Yeah, after maybe, they won't. They I trust the Vikings would hand out money when well, they, <laughs> you know he's, uh, these two guys are they're good. There's uh, they're probably I know everybody's got Dalvin Cook fever. And maybe for good reason, but uh, they're probably the two keys to the offense, aren't and they? Thielen doesn't. And I know it's easy to say this now, and I could be completely wrong, but Thielen doesn't strike me as a guy that will be like, that will want to pull the team aside and say, hey, you gave stuff on this, now give no. me this amount. He'll probably want a little bit more. You but... might want to be a little preemptive about that. Anyway, yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, there's rampant optimism about this team, obviously, and signing Diggs is just creating more and this sign of tremendous stability. I heard the morning boys mm-hmm. talking today. I almost wrote, wrote, as a longtime Viking follower, I almost rode off the ro- drove off the road with joy. This is... The number one franchise in the NFL, basically. What? And there's, we are, it it was, who and when were we, what was the team we had that didn't have a weakness? The team without a weakness. Who was the team without a weakness? Which sport was it? Well, it must have been the Vikings. I don't know. Because it couldn't have been one of the other three. This is a team without a weakness. Oh, sure. Uh, the uh, Now, Mackey who has a tendency to be optimistic about the Vikings. And I'm optimistic. They, they are really good, I, I think, unless some calamities befall them. Uh, but uh, Mackey says they got a couple little, we didn't call them holes, little flaws on the offensive line. Well, you know, maybe more than a couple little flaws in the offensive line. Right now they have a mediocre offensive line. That is the only position that you're worried about. And, and they you did, did and nothing to address, address the offseason. No. And uh, except draft a second round project now. Rashad Hill's been sick for a couple of days, and Brian O'Neill has been working with the first team. And uh, get ready for the rave reviews about Brian O'Neill. Of I've, course, I've detected this in training camps previously, and I got a hunch that he's way he's going to be way ahead of schedule. The problem is the fans are sitting so far away from the action <laughs> they won't be able to tell if he's playing good or I bad. Think if you pay your twenty bucks, you can see because it looked like uh, it looked like they had some bleachers there that were fairly close if you paid your twenty bucks. But anyway, uh, Stefan, they got everything going for them. And here's another thing they got going for them: they they seemed and then and, and Jed made this point they they seem to have a better locker room than they've had in the past. Plus. If somebody does have a problem that would have in the old days maybe made the news, you know, driving, you know, over the limit or what, they've set up this system a few years back where they, the first call that is made is to the security people and they they handle those uh, issues uh, much better than they used to. Yeah. As far as uh, getting out there in public. So, Mm. and now you're out in Egan. How much trouble can you get in an Egan? Oh, you can get in trouble. You can get in trouble anywhere. I know, but uh, is there even a bar around there? (laughs) Yeah, they got the the guys that run the beer show, the Union 32 bar. It's right right next to the... Are the players going there after the the hotel? I don't know how many of the guys are craft beer fans, so they might not be going there. But you got to, you know, you can't go back to your hotel room and play video games every night. You got to go have a few, you know, drinks and... 
Try to sneak sneak a couple of gals. The thing of it is, though, Pat, is that with Egan, you're in. You are in the Twin Cities metro area, so there are a lot. It's just a short Uber ride to downtown. That's right. I bet the Ubers are. I bet there's. I bet they got their own Uber guy, huh? I want. I want my football team to be rushing back to their quarters. At ten minutes to eleven, I got it. Like they do, and like they did in Mankato for Peter. years. <laughs> Uber quality, quality control coordinator. Yes, that's right. Not bad. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. Yeah, that's good. That is good. <laughs> but uh, uh, they, you know, there's. Uh, we're, we're always optimistic about the Vikings. Probably been since nine because we were optimistic as hell once Randy Moss came in here. We were very optimistic going into ninety nine. But we still looked at the Packers as the looming monster because they'd gone to two straight Super Bowls, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and they were both 4-0 when the Vikings went over there. But this is uh, probably the best reason for rampant optimism since then, since what about, 99. What about 10? Yeah, we were optimistic, but not like We this. knew it was a lightning in the bottle well, season yeah, in 09. And the other thing is that we might have felt that way on July 25th but by august 25th when percy was still at his grandmother's funeral right. and uh brett wasn't and still Sidney there yet. rice decided to have surgery and brett was waiting for him to leave mankato it was uh it was you could you you had the sense of foreboding there's no sense of foreboding with this team no right now there's nothing that you can see and meanwhile the packers are dragging guys off the field left and right again so uh, this is, uh, you know, there's, there's Stefan Diggs signed. Everything's just going smooth as can be. Will so. Anthony Barr be a good soldier? Oh, he might be a good soldier, but he's not going to sign. He's not going to give him a discount. He's going to. Uh, Will he take the same deal that Kendrick's got? No, I think he wants more. Oof. He'll and, probably. And he'll they might probably, not be offering him as much. He'll probably play like hell, too, because yes. he knows he's got he's a, a contract. Yeah. He's got a chance for it. Well, at this day. point, too, they can franchise tag him. Yeah, they next can. off season they can do that they since they have digs locked up. Yeah, all right, uh, we uh, shall return. This is the ride with Ricey. Thad Levine will be with us about four forty. Here is Chris Ravers from the MLB trade desk, and uh, I think we've probably gotten to the point where the trades were either approved or they weren't. Usually you get that hour of hang time after the uh, trading deadline, but I can't remember an MLB trade line trade deadline this nuts uh, because uh, just by sheer number of trades, not necessarily by their importance. Uh, this update is sponsored by your locally owned Domino's. Introducing Domino's Hotspots. Get pizza delivered to outdoor locations like parks, beaches, and more. Not at home? Not a problem. Visit dominoes.com for details on Domino's Hotspots. All right, the trade deadline passed at 3 o'clock today, the non-waiver trade deadline. The Twins and Dodgers, yep, they uh, they agreed to send Brian Dozier to Los Angeles in return. The Twins will take on Logan Forsyth's contract in the deal. He is a free agent at season's end. They will also receive 23-year-old outfielder and first baseman Luke Rayleigh. 
and 22-year-old left-handed pitcher Devin Smeltzer. Both players were at Double A. The Pirates, they acquired Rays ace pitcher Chris Archer in a big trade this afternoon. The Diamondbacks, they got closer Brad Ziegler from the Marlins. The Cubs got former Twins closer Brandon Kinsler from the Nationals. The Blue Jays traded left-handed reliever Aaron Loop to the Phillies. The Orioles made a massive trade with the Braves today. They sent right-hander Kevin Gausman and relief pitcher Darren O'Day. They got five top prospects from the Atlanta Braves in that trade, by the way. Uh, the Diamondbacks also got left-handed reliever Jake Diekman from the Texas Rangers. The Dodgers also made another move, acquiring righty John Axford from the Blue Jays. And uh, the oh, Brewers. Uh, Shoop. They got uh, Jordan, Sh- uh, Jonathan Shoop. Scope, we're Scope. being told. Jonathan Scope, Scope went from Scope. Baltimore to Milwaukee. I thought it was Shoop. I did too, but okay. apparently it's Scope. Okay. Uh, just before the non waiver deadline was completed, the Marlins. I'm going to go with Shoop. Screw you guys. Yeah. The Marlins and Mariners are nearing a deal that will send veteran outfielder <laughs> Cameron Maven to Seattle. The Rays also traded former Twins catcher Wilson Ramos to the Phillies. See what they got for him? A player to be named later in cash. Yeah, the Ramos is currently on the DL with a hamstring injury. That's an insult, isn't it? Yes. Cle- you should at least identify one of the players you're going to get. <laughs> Cleveland uh, reached a deal with the Tigers for center fielder Leonis Martin. Earlier today, the Rays acquired outfielder Tommy Pham from the St. Louis Cardinals for three prospects. That was a weird trade. Yes, Tampa it was. gave up a top 10 major league prospect, Justin Williams. To Tommy get Pham Tommy. was a good ball player yeah, but he's last 30 year. years old. Well, the Pirates uh, also late yesterday got closer Keon Keela from the Texas Rangers. And last night, the Boston Red Sox acquired second baseman Ian Kinsler from the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Woofta! It was a smoking. Update trade desk today. uh, Smoking hot uh, desk. And I was telling you guys, uh, when you look at the kids that were traded in all these deals, the young prospects, the uh, emphasis on players from the Caribbean has never been higher in Major League Baseball. That is the... That is the burgeoning talent. It, it has been the major talent force for 25 years, but it's uh, never been uh, stronger than it is well, right Well, and now. even when you look at two, Patrick, the, the twins that just the, the, the trades that just the twins made, outside of the two major leaguers with Tyler Austin and, and Forsyth, most of the guys they got are yeah. single A guys, you yeah. know? And, uh, and most of them are Hispanic kids from the Caribbean. Yeah. So. Uh, speaking of the twins, by the way, uh, they did beat Cleveland last night in the bottom of the ninth inning. They will uh, take on the tribe again. Kyle Gibson, who was not traded today, uh, he will start opposite Cleveland right-handed pitcher Trevor Bauer. First pitch tonight from Target Field is at seven ten. And uh, traffic downtown, ladies and gentlemen, because we have the Tottenham Spurs. Oh yeah, playing AC Milan at the Taj Mahal, and there'll be probably forty, fifty thousand people there. So uh, watch yourself. Good luck to y'all. All right. That Levine, Twins general manager, is with us after a hectic uh, several days in which the Twins traded five players and, by my accounting, brought in 12. Is that the right number? Yeah, you nailed it. Patrick. Great <laughs> to have you on. Thank you for having me on here. Yes, sir. Thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, moved Brian Dozier today. Uh, it's uh, He can go out there and... Uh, and have a nice run with the uh, Dodgers, but that couldn't have been easy to let him go? No, it, it wasn't. I mean, none, none of these moves are, are easy, but when you're talking about a player 
who spent his whole career with with the franchise, who's meant so much not only on the field but in the clubhouse and with his wife Renee in the community. You, you don't take these moves lightly, and and I think one thing that we really tried to stay true to is I think there's a perception that all these moves are now made by way of formula and clinically done. And we really tried to maintain a, a humanitarian view of these things as well. We recognize that they impact people's lives and, uh, you know, not the least of whom are our players and certainly. Oops. Uh, so these moves, moves, moves. Hey, Thad, we got a bad hookup there. If you, uh, if you, if you're, can you hear me? I can, yes. Okay, we had a we had a quite the strange voice there for wherever you are. We got a, we got quite a sound there. Anyway, uh, you were you were talking about the humanity of these things, the human element. Yeah, you know, I I, I just think we sometimes uh, reduce some of these trades to being uh, formulaic or clinical, and in practice, we try to never lose sight of the impact they have on the players, their families, and then also our fan bases. So. Even as much as we felt like these were the right decisions right now for this franchise, we understand that they're not going to be popular with some, some people, namely our fans. Uh, but nonetheless, we felt they were the decisions that were right for this franchise just because in the grand scheme of things, we're always trying to either invest in the present year or in future years. And what we didn't want to be is caught in between where we we're doing neither. Now, uh, with that, on this trade, you end up uh, taking a veteran second baseman in the same situation, Logan Forsyth, same salary. Uh, that uh, probably will not uh, would not be as much pressure to uh, make sure you got some something for him, depending on how he works out here playing second base for you for a couple of months. Uh, absolutely, you know, I, th- I think in the trades of Eduardo Escobar and Brian Dozier it really thinned out our depth on the, on the infield. And so we wanted to be able to finish the season strong. Uh, and what's more than that is Derek Shelton, our bench coach, has worked directly with Logan Forsyth when they were both were in Tampa Bay. Josh Kalk, who works in our front office, was in Tampa Bay when Logan Forsyth was there. So we've got a lot of good makeup information about him, and we think he's a consummate professional, and he will help some of the guys that we bring up and fill some of these spots. He'll, he'll, he'll help set the tone in our clubhouse with our existing crew. And so I think that was an important factor in this trade. Uh, uh, Thad, you didn't really have a second base. I mean, everybody's excited to see Nick Gordon eventually, but he's not tearing it up in Rochester. That was not an option, I take it. You know, I I think as we watch our younger players go through their, their growth and development in the minor leagues, we ideally want to bring them to the big leagues when we feel like they're ready and when it's going to be a one-way ticket where they're going to come up and not go back down to the minor leagues. And I think, as you just mentioned, part of Nick's player plan is still yet to be written in, in the minor leagues. And so we'd like to see him get a little bit more seasoning there and a little bit more momentum before we would bring him back or bring him up to the big leagues for his major league debut. Logan allows us to, to buy a little bit more time so that Nick comes up when he's ready not just when he's uh, ultimately needed and maybe a little bit premature. Uh, coincidentally, there were a lot of rumors about Dozier to the Dodgers uh, in uh, the winter of 2016-17, and they ended up making a trade for Logan Forsyth. So uh, I don't know how close a deal with the Dodgers was, but those rumors were certainly out there. I, I believe that offseason, I mean, there was at least a two-week period of time where I talked to Farhan Zaidi, their general manager, more than I was talking to my wife. So this is a team who's <laughs> been you know pursuing brian dozier really ever since derek and i got here and i'm sure it predates our arrival 
uh, they, they value him extremely highly, similar to the way we value him. And that's exactly why it took so long to get a deal done, because I think we both thought of him so highly. But when we ultimately came to the decision that we were going to make some deals, uh, we definitely included them in the conversation. And, and as it has been in the last couple trade cycles, they were very interested in talking about Brian. A lot of second baseman on the market. Wow. And I think that's what slowed it down to start with. Yeah. You know, there was... There was a group of infielders, second baseman and third baseman in particular, a lot of accomplished uh, major league hitters and some guys who are a little bit more defensive-minded. Uh, but normally when you head into a trade deadline, you don't have that many teams who need second baseman and third baseman. Most of them ultimately find homes. I think the one who probably ultimately does not get traded is Adrian Beltre, and I think there's a lot of reasons he doesn't get traded because of his 10-5 and five rights and what he has meant to that franchise over the last eight years. And I think how they view him potentially moving forward with them. But absent of, of Adrian Beltre, ultimately, most of the guys got traded. Some took a little bit longer than others, but I think it was a more con- uh, dense market than you normally see for second and third baseman of the trade deadline. Uh, so uh, the difference between this year and last year uh, in your level of aggressiveness, you made a couple of trades last year, but uh, uh, was the, the free agent element, uh, obviously, with Escobar and Dozier and Lynn. And, I mean, you were dealing with the fact that these guys could walk. Hey, yes. You know, when we put together this team, I think we had high hopes that we would be buyers at this time of year. But I think we were also realistic. We, we knew where we were cyclically compared to some of the, the, the bigger contenders in the American League. And so I think part of the back of our mind was that when we made some of the acquisitions this offseason, that we felt that if things didn't go to plan, that those these guys would draw some interest to the trading deadline. And I think one of the things that was most noteworthy to me about the trading deadline was just the volume of our players that drew interest from bona fide playoff contenders. It made us think, actually, at one point, if this many of our players are drawing interest from teams that are trying to win this year, why shouldn't we be winning this year? But, you know, sometimes the best laid plans don't go go to course as you had expected. That's what transpired this year. And as I mentioned earlier, I think we could have sat back and, and tried to make a run in the second half, uh, but maybe ultimately have fallen short of our goals. We, we took matters into our own hands, and, you know, with 50-some-odd games left to play, we made a decision to try to build for 2019 and beyond. But I don't think that diminishes how much we believe in the core of this team. And we do believe it's going to be 2019 and beyond. We don't think we took a huge step back. is because, as you referenced, outside of Ryan Presley, all of these guys were going to be free agents. And by definition, that means we could have a seat at the table in recruiting them this offseason, if that's what we so desire. From a distance, it was easy to get the impression that uh, Dozier uh, might have wanted this, that he might have been ready to move on down the road. Is that true or not? Well, you know, I, I think once once he saw some of the trades that we were making, you know, he never approached us and, and, and tried to affect an outcome. But, you know, I think we're aware that, that these guys are championship caliber players and they aspire to play on the big stage when, when the games mean the most. And so uh, it was a bittersweet meeting this, this afternoon when we had a chance to tell Brian he had been traded. There was a lot of, I think, mutual admiration that was expressed and a lot of care for one another. But I also think there was probably some enthusiasm for him I think he aspired to play in the playoffs with the Minnesota Twins this year, but I think his second choice was to play in the playoffs this year, and and I think he has that champion heart, and he wants to go out there 
and contingency where it can take him. And I'm excited to see how he's going to perform no different than the four other players we traded at the deadline. Hey, Thad, uh, you ended up with outfielders and uh, pitchers for the most part. You got Forsyth coming in, but uh, was that by plan, or was the were the outfielders just a little better quality of player than the infielders might have been that you could have gotten? I think you just nailed it right there, Royce. I think when we went into these deals, oftentimes you hear from the other side, Hey, if you're trading Lanson, what are you looking for in return? Is it somebody close to the big leagues? Is it a specific position? And, and I think Derek's and my refrain each time was we're looking for the best players we can possibly acquire. And I just think we re- we recognize from, from our experience that anything can happen over a time horizon and you can never have too many good players. And if those good players, some of them will matriculate to the big leagues for the Minnesota Twins and help us when we're winning and others we may end up tra- trading at some point to to find the other pieces that we're, we're missing on this team. But in each case, we were committed to try to get the best possible return we could. And I think our scouts did an excellent job in putting us in a position to do that, as did our analytics folks. And the communication internally was, was exceptional in putting Derek and myself in positions to negotiate uh, both nimbly, but I think aggressively at times. On July 31st, when you're uh, dealing with the middle of the afternoon deadline, do you uh, to some degree say, well, if we can't get what we want, this fellow, we could probably get through waivers next month. I mean, do you, do you, I mean, without naming names, uh, do you, do you know that there's still uh, two or three players you could probably get through waivers if, uh, if there's a market for them? I, I think that's the next level of the strategy we're going to try to employ just around, uh, you know, are there other players that we would consider trading and what's the right strategy of when to put them on trade waivers? Because, as fans may know, past the deadline, you can still make trades, but it's predicated upon a player either clearing waivers and then you can trade them to anybody or getting claimed by one club, and then you can only tr- talk to that one club. So we, we had those conversations literally two minutes after the deadline ended. We started strategizing as to when we want to put players out on the market. And you know some of those we know will draw interest because they drew interest before the deadline, but just due to circumstances, we weren't able to complete deals but we're not looking to make a ton more deals. I think there are a handful of guys that we know will draw interest. We'll have serious dialogue about them when we put them out there. Uh, but by and large, I think we've done most of the heavy lifting we're going to do for this season. So uh, it's hard not to have the perception that uh, we're back to rebuilding. Uh, you, you guys don't want to uh, uh, offer us that message, obviously. I, I don't, you know, and I and I think probably errantly so in our game rebuilding has taken on kind of a pejorative term, and I, I don't think it should be. But I think, you know, are we retooling? And I don't mean to be glib with, with the terminology, but I think with the core of our team, uh, we still feel as if 2019 and beyond is a very bright horizon for us. Now, we would love to see Miguel Sano continue to build off the momentum he had quite literally from last night's game. We'd like to see Byron Buxton come up and continue to contribute. Uh, that will be very valuable for this franchise. And the continued growth and development of guys like Jose Burrios and Polanco and Esco, I mean, and Rosario, pardon me, and, and Kepler. You know, all of those things are going to be so valuable to us as we're continuing the, the growth and development of this team. And I think as that group of players goes, so, so will go our planning for the near term future. But if those guys continue to take steps, uh, there's no reason we'll be right back on the track we had coming into the season, which was the expectation that we're going to contend. Uh, it appears, again, from a distance that Buxton's still looking for it in uh, Rochester. You know, I think he's taken some some real meaningful steps. He 
when we sent him down, we, we knew that there was going to be a little bit of tearing him down to build him back up. And he's worked so diligently with Chad Allen down there uh, with James Rousen up in the big leagues here. And he's a student of the game. You know, I think he, he has throughout his career uh, tried to please a lot of people. And I think he's now trying to own a little bit of his, of his career. And I think that's a valuable moment uh, for, for professional hitters. So I think that the horizon is still very, very positive for him. Uh, we're willing to be patient. I know he's anxious to come back up here and help, uh, but for right now, we're going to ask him to, to work with us and be be a little bit patient and invest in his future. The uh, one kid, give me the one kid of the uh, youngsters that you acquired uh, mostly a couple of days ago that uh, has, uh, I know you're going to tell me you're excited about all of them, but is there one that uh, you were uh, you were saying, wow, we got this guy? Well, you know, we're excited about all of them. No, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> well, so hey, I'll answer it this way. I, I think the industry would say that Jorge Alcala, the right okay. pitcher that we got from the Houston Astros, is probably the highest ranked in terms of the industry. Uh, he's a really exciting right-handed pitcher. We think he tracks to be a starting pitcher. He's 94 to 98 miles an hour with a very advanced feel for secondary pitches. Uh, he's still a very young man, 22 years old, pitching in, in Double A, so he's not that far away. A lot of upside, but I think you know we're we're really excited about a bunch of guys. As evidence last night, Joan Duran, another right-handed pitcher that we got in the Eduardo Escobar deal, goes out and throws a no-hitter through uh, through the majority of the game. Ultimately, doesn't finish out the game, uh, but leaves the game with a no-hitter. So that's an extremely exciting player as well. But up and down the line, I think our, our scouts and and analytics guys put us in a position to acquire some really exciting players. But if you had to tell me to pick out one, I would just tell you the industry would probably have the right-handed pitcher, Jorge Alcala, from the Houston Astros as the highest-ranked player that we acquired at the deadline. Thank you, sir. You're a gentleman. Royce, thanks for having me on. All right, sir. Thad Levine, uh, Twins General Manager. Uh, and uh, thanks for his time. Lavelle E. Neal, not the first, not the second, but the third Lavelle E. Neal is uh, (laughs) reporting, uh, tweeting out that uh, Byron Buxton has had a setback, apparently with his wrist. After last night, he went 0 for 3 with three strikeouts, has had a setback, and uh, they're going to appear as he's going back on the DL in Rochester. We may not see that young man again until the spring of uh, February of 2019. See you in Fort Myers. I'll uh, I'll sneak over there from the condo and check it out in about January 12th and see if he's around or not. But uh, cannot keep healthy. When you can't hit and you can't stay healthy, it's going to be hard to be a superstar. That's true. We'll be back.